0: Source. Hey you like Bez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these.
1: Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast, I'm your host Pez, I'm here with Source and we are into preliminary final weekend in the AFL 2022, the final four teams left.
0: Three games to go and uh, it's going to be really exciting mate, it's, it's the way to end the, the season, it's going to be a huge final series, uh, two massive games this weekend Pez uh, and the, the way they finished last week we had a come from behind victory uh, and a, a bit of a, a bit of an upset, not an upset but a bit of a, a one way traffic sort of game with Collingwood.
1: Yeah, oh, not so much an upset uh, with Collingwood being at home, but uh, the upset was on the Friday night with, with the massive comeback, and we get to the final four teams with three of them actually finishing in the top four at the end of the regular season, and one team in the Brisbane Lions coming from outside the eight, beating Richmond in a really close one, uh, getting over the line against Melbourne after being 28 points down in that first half, and uh, we come into prelim final weekend where anything can happen. Anything can
0: happen, um, and the the last couple of weeks have been you know pretty grueling for Brisbane. We we spoke about how they uh, possibly blew a chance um, of finishing in the top four, and miraculously they they've you know come from overcome two really tough games in. The last two reigning premiers, Melbourne and Richmond. And, you know, the question is, is Brisbane, we talked about how they dropped an opportunity to finish top four. They, they'd lost a home final and, uh, you
1: know, a home prelim opportunity. And now they um, are one win away from a grand final. Yep, but they have to get their second win at the MCG in uh, about eight years. But they got over that hoodoo last week. And speaking of last week, we do have to speak about the semifinal source because they were so intriguing. We had Friday night. I was there at the footy. Uh, sitting there in the AFL members, so many Demon supporters, and I didn't hear from the Brisbane supporters until a little bit later because it was a hot start from the Demons, like it usually has been this year, where they get that uh, little bit of momentum, uh, they start dominating, their pressure's really good, and then uh, it ended up just falling away. But they were electric. They're, there was a lot of things going on in the prelim. We had the, uh, the Queen's... I go a minute, half minutes, half mass minutes minute silence. silence the veil or whatever it was, which was it was good to see. There was a, the darkness at the MCG and all that. Walking up to the MCG, we saw that it was uh, purple all the way around the MCG. And some of the fans were like, What are you, what are they doing? Fremantle's not p- playing tonight. <laughs> but I think it had something to do with the um with the Queen as well. I heard the next day. So that's why the MCG lights were purple around there. But Maybe they were blue and uh, representing the, the ten dollar note because they're gonna have
0: to yeah. change that. Oh no, yeah. she's
1: on the five, isn't she? Never mind. I'll, I'll be quiet. <laughs> she's on the five and Maybe she was a free supporter. On the two dollar <laughs> coin, I think, which the currency might change as well, source after the death of the King and the new King, King, King William? King, king charles i think king charles I don't know. yeah oh, i don't know too monarchy much doesn't really interest me royal family but um the footy does interest me and sitting there around the, the atmosphere wasn't like a, an elimination final or a semi-final that i've seen in the past and uh, i think it's because of the teams that were in it and i'm, I'm speaking more so of melbourne source and uh you not at the game but seeing the melbourne supporters around there wasn't too much excitement Like they They were pretty cocky When they were about Four goals up And they're sitting there Going oh yeah We're, we're doing this We're going to scroll On Instagram And and do all that And then Brisbane Got to within a goal In the third quarter source And the Melbourne fans Didn't Didn't cheer Or didn't stand up or, or didn't clap The ones around me And the ones even Around the ground It seemed like the only time They really did a loud cheer Is when they had a picture Of Jack Viney On the big scoreboard Saying make some noise Like before it bounce and, and that's the only time They would do it So um, it's a little bit of history with the Melbourne supporters. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because when watching on telly uh, and uh,
0: in that third quarter when Brisbane hit the hit the front and they were up by uh, a goal and then Melbourne went down the other end and kicked two goals back to back to regain the lead, the noise levels on the TV it didn't actually seem like there was a swinging game and and no. it, I, I think if Melbourne had gotten behind uh, you know the, the lads out there playing and they could have regained control and Brisbane when they came on that the momentum and the, and the noise from the the Brisbane um, fans and the been faithful for for being a away game um, at the MCG. The Fitzroy supporters were out and about. It definitely didn't feel like a Melbourne home game. they, they were playing in front of eighty thousand, uh, you know, D supporters as we spoke last week, who have been uh, deprived of watching their success in finals.
1: Exactly right. They won the the premiership at SBS Stadium last year. You could call it a Mickey Mouse premiership uh, now. And then they come back here. They've lost two games at the MCG as hot favourites. Uh, after giving up a lead to two interstate clubs it, it's been a really disappointing season from them luke jackson has requested a trade over to wa so they're in a bit of turmoil so That's we'll speak about premierships over there we'll speak about melbourne uh, in the off season there but the big reason i knew that the melbourne supporters just have no interest is harrison petty versus dane zorko now we know what happened last time they played dane zorko has given him a a bit of banter. A little bit banter. I don't know. He's, gone, was he's gone a I bit too far. A little bit too far. And Harrison Petty obviously had, had tears. He was crying mm-hmm. crying about it because it, you know, cut him deep and, and things like that. And that's fair enough. It's it's all right to do that. He's showing emotion. All good. It comes to the game on the fifty meter line, the other side, it was Petty and Zorko on top of each other. Now I don't know if you notice this on TV, but they're wrestling each other mm-hmm. and then there's a, a little bit of buzz, uh, hustle and bustle. The ball gets balled up. Petty runs back. goes there at the contest. The ball gets a quick kick from Brisbane into Brisbane's forward line. Harrison Petty takes the intercept mark. And it was silence. Wow. I would have thought if that was if that was a Collingwood player and it was the exact same situation, they would have lifted the MCG up. I mean, in fairness to the Melbourne supporters,
0: they were probably halfway through cutting their Camembert and putting on their cracker at that, that stage. You say that. I tried to
1: look around and I couldn't see any Melbourne supporters with the cheese, <laughs> which is disappointing. <laughs> but, I mean... It it sort of speaks to the
0: the culture of football and when you look at different supporter bases and the way they react and and the the part that the fan plays in, you know, you, you look quite often, you know, the noise of affirmation and that's one thing that really has let Melbourne down because when teams are coming, the momentum shift this year has been incredible into the, the, the fan base plays a huge part in that Pez and Melbourne needed their supporters but what Melbourne really needed to do was address some of the deficits that they've had all year that forward line the, the way that they, they had a lead they they got um, you know challenged uh, in the, through the strategy of the game and they were unable to respond and you know it, it resulted in the Lions kicking 12 of the final 17 goals to give up not only a, a top four opportunity Pez and a premiership you know to defend their title but to go out in straight sets and you know you'd bring up but last year's premiership, the Asterix premiership, because it was during a, not a COVID affected year. I mean, it was a COVID affected year, but it sort of wasn't. Uh, but it, it raises some questions about this this dynasty in this list, and it goes back to the point I made last week, Pez. I just don't trust this Melbourne list, and I think we are over um, gratifying how well that they played last year in isolation.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like they they got taut up a little bit because uh, Stephen May he was dominating early. The like Brisbane were under so much pressure in the midfield. That they would just bomb the ball over their shoulder, um, bomb it as far as they can. They tried to get the ball in Daniel Rich's hands as much as they could, and nothing was working for them going forward. Melbourne were able to go the other way, but they were only able to get six goals there in that first half, and it just wasn't enough in the end. And Darcy Fort gave Max Gorn an absolute bath. Coming in as a Ruckman, a Ruckman pair with Fullerton, where Danaher and McInerney out Macading with illness and danaher to the birth of his uh, child. It was unbelievable what happened. It was unbelievable.
0: And that was that was your buzzer Piers. That was the timeout. I actually don't I, I actually there. don't know what that noise is I've that's never heard that before. from my laptop. But uh obviously it's a good point. We're gone to yeah. the you know the ESPN's takedown <laughs> when you get a good point, boom, nice little point there. But it's interesting you bring that up because the way that the game unfolded Joe Danaher being out, um, you know, and, and going to the the birth of his of his daughter and his first child Thought five weeks really early. early. Well, it did hurt them early, but um, it actually played into to Brisbane's hand a little bit because it forced May to play on, you know, a, a more mobile forward. And you know, we spoke about the, the ways to, the blueprint to beat Melbourne, and it sort of
1: fell into their hands. Yeah, they were they were able to move the ball. They were able to apply pressure to Melbourne, get the intercept and then go. They started taking some risks through the middle, and they, they started running past, and Br- the way Brisbane won the game was dominating in the centre square, and dominating in the middle of the ground source. What they did, quick handball out, quick handball, not just one, not just two. It was three or four quick handballs out until you get to the free player, because the intensity was so high. Once they got to that free player, though, they were gone. They were gone. They were, uh, on 45-degree angles, bang, 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 and just got some shots at goals. It got some really easy scores, uh, some running into open goals and things like that.
0: Yeah, they were definitely outcoached in that second half. When when Brisbane were coming, Melbourne were unable to not only adjust but to stop the flow, and sometimes that's the most important thing is when your team is getting crumbled or when you know the momentum is shifting – Take control of the game, take some poise, but Brisbane just avoided, you know, the going into the hands of the defence, which that's where it all starts from—that poise and setting up. And as you said, they they used the angles, they set up some open goals through just some, you know, some out the back—not out the back, it wasn't even out the back. Was it was it? set up. It was set up through so that the, those smaller forwards and those, you know, more running big men that Brisbane have could, could actually dominate. And it w- it, w- it was good to see Pears because Brisbane have deserve this over the last couple of years and have really let themselves down and there's a there's a little bit of um you know momentum that they're taking into to you know uh, to um the mcg this week against geelong and look they're they're a scary side to face because when they are up up and about we know that they can score quickly we know they can pile it on and we know that they can hurt you from a range
1: of different angles uh, especially in that forward line yeah and usually with the underdog team going into any final you say nothing to lose here the thing to lose is, is the preliminary final for Brisbane but um, they've, they've got no pressure on them in terms of expectation so that they get to go in free hit to try and get into the grand final the MCG and we know anything can happen on grand final day especially uh, speaking more so to Melbourne I think May was really good in the first half Lever was really good in defence in the second half but then when they kept the ball away from him he was no good Melbourne's big problem was when they did get the ball forward they had no one to kick it to they were trying to kick it to Ben Brown up on the wing and maybe after the first quarter and a half, his hands just turned to, I don't know, to jelly and the ball just kept going to the ground and it and it just wasn't good for Melbourne and they don't have that big key forward. We spoke last week on the podcast to bring either Sam Wiedemann or Tom McDonald in. I heard Tom McDonald wasn't actually available, but Sam Wiedemann they had to bring another forward in there and it really would have helped their structure and we could be talking about a different winning side this week.
0: We spoke about it last week that, the, you know, the way... The thing that, that Melbourne struggle with all year is that their reliance on, um, you know, Bailey Fritch, who who kicked 50 goals back-to-back years, great job for him, but he's your key forward. He's your reliance of person to kick goals. It's not enough. Uh, and it was very prevalent on, on the weekend and the week before against Sydney that when you are not firing that one target, you get... Exposed, you get um, called out, and it's going to be it's disappointing for the rest of the league pairs because if they don't address this going forward in this trade period, uh, well, they're going to have an, the the same narrative next year. So that that has to be highlighted in their drafting going up and looking at their their trade period coming up uh, in this year. Um, so it's it's something that you hope that they address, but for the rest of
1: the league, it's it's kind of good that they didn't. Yeah, it is is good that they didn't. And then, uh, Fritch, great forward, and an absolutely amazing all Australian calibre mid forward Mid-forward. which is the third forward yeah not number one not oh, number two he, he would be amazing with with
0: two other dominant forwards or even just one other dominant forward to to sort of take that um that second second
1: uh, defender but he gets your number one defender and he does a great job with it but it, it's not enough no and uh cosy pickett he kicked a couple of uh, i guess you could call miracle goals off the off the pack and those were two of the goals that that melbourne got in that first half it was it was not great and then you need to lift from that though. That,
0: that's that's where the lift needs to come. That's where the belief comes. The crowd wasn't that loud. Nah, didn't get involved. They could they could have taken everything out of the game, like the Collingwood game, which we're about to speak next. Because those first three or four goals in that Collingwood game, that was it. That was all over Red Rover. There was no chance that Fremantle were coming back, playing away, just like um, Brisbane were, and going to a stadium full of ninety, you
1: know, ninety thousand crazy Collingwood supporters. Yep. So from the wrap up from that, Melbourne. Dynasty over, really disappointing. Straight yeah, Dynasty sets. was never there, Pez. Was straight, never there. Straight sets, exit. And um, I'm really happy that the two girls that were sitting in front of me who were scrolling, um, I don't know what they were doing, Instagram or messaging, whatever they were doing, they can piss off and go home like they left uh, early in the fourth quarter because – Left early. Yeah, they had a little bit of chirp going on in that first quarter between each other and they just pissed me off a little bit uh, sitting around. You know that feeling with Melbourne Supporters Source. And I'm, I'm glad that they – uh, took took the early exit and, and got home early, tucked into bed. It was uh, very good to see. You should have interrupted them and told them to give uh, Behind the Boundary a bit of a follow there, and that could have uh, oh, kept, yeah, kept would, their night entertaining. they would have loved it. Um, but you do speak of Collingwood versus Fremantle and the, the domination that, that Collingwood displayed. They ended up winning by 20 points in the end, which wasn't a reflection of the game because it was absolute domination. Over 90,000 people for a team at the MCG playing against Fremantle and interstate club, these Collingwood fans, they're, they're mental. Yeah, you spoke, you spoke about it should have been more. Um, in that second quarter, they kicked
0: 2-6 and still were in extreme control. But a 20-point victory in finals is more like a 50-point uh, victory because in that fourth quarter, it was just cruise control. It was just managing bodies, making sure they weren't getting injured and trying to rest a little bit for, for an exciting
1: um you know a prelim final against Sydney. Yeah, Fremantle kicked the last uh, three goals, I think. They're up by 38 junk points. Time, time uh, didn't goals. mean anything, but one of those goals was to David Mundy which was good that he could be sent off uh, the MCG. Really emotional moment with uh, he, his son there uh, at the end and then he w- was able to get cheered, cheered off and carried off. And uh, The Pies fans, as much as they're annoying, they they absolutely get out in numbers and are one of the best uh, fans for a club, one of the most hated clubs in, in the land and uh, they just get around them and <laughs> they're, they're going to make their way up in, in numbers at the SCG and they might even outnumber the Sydney supporters up there.
0: Yeah, there's a good possibility with that, um, but not only the, the the huge performance from the crowd, uh, some of the, some of the big performers from the game. You know, we talk of uh, Jack Inman who kicked uh, three goals uh, in in early stages of the game when it mattered as well. Um, a great first goal. You know, a little nice little crumbing work. You know, despite all the all the um, criticism he gets and you know the bad hate that he gets, Pez, he's actually a really good football player, and it's a shame that he can't just focus on that and you know, he'd be a bit more lovable. But but Jamie Elliott, he had a fantastic game. Another two goals, fifteen disposals. But the man of the moment, uh, you as a St Kilda supporter, would be absolutely hating because Goey had another massive final series, another massive finals game, 24-1, but, but he was huge and another big reason, the first week that they were competitive against Geelong, uh, the reason they took the, the lead against uh, Fremantle and, and you know never let go of it really.
1: Yeah, I actually really like the way Jordan Goey's playing in this final series. There's not a lot of... Uh Talk from the outside, there's not the pictures or the videos from going out on the weekend. It seems like he's all business this final series and he just wants to play footy. And the way he uh, was exploding from packs and then hitting the target inside 50, uh, he is an absolute superstar. If he can just keep his mind in it for a season, he he can be up there and contend for a Brownlow medal if he's fit enough. Like that's how good this guy could be. Yep. Uh, And if he's in a St Kilda jumper, I'm uh, I'm very happy to to pay the price because we can't attract anyone uh, down at St Kilda. So uh, that'd be absolutely amazing. Yeah, that would be amazing for you and
0: for football. You know, but uh, you love when you're seeing these guys and um, bounce back. And Collingwood are in a tough spot because you go back six weeks, seven weeks ago before he was in this sort of form, and you could see him uh, not getting a contract extension. There's now 900 on the table, they reckon, and uh, it'll be you know, obviously the year dependent. But why would you want to leave? As we said, a crowd like this, you know, one of the one of the whilst most hated football clubs, one with such a, a massive legacy, you know, in our sports, and uh, well, with the, the the Queen passing away. Over the week, you know, uh, the last four times that we've had a monarch replacement, we've had a Collingwood premiership. So a nice little voodoo for uh,
1: for Goey and Collingwood supporters. I saw that stat. So Collingwood make the grand final then yeah. uh, I this not. year, if you if you can believe it. But um, Jack Crisp is another one. Hasn't missed a game since 2014. And Not a bad streak. <laughs> was involved in uh, Brisbane's last win at the MCG before uh, the weekend as well. But he had an absolute gun over game, 24 disposals and two goals. And he just fits in, fits in nicely there. It was a long kick, uh, you know, from when they recruited him from Brisbane, they were really happy with him as a young guy. And that's when Brisbane couldn't keep a hold of anyone. Uh, and then now Brisbane are actually holding people. Whereas you look at a team like GWS, where they're just a feeder club now where... Players are going there and then uh, heading to other ones. So another discussion for the off-season.
0: Massive discussion for the off-season, which we definitely will discuss over that, Pez. Uh, But uh, I think there's nothing else to discuss but to get into how we did last week and to get into the the most important of the show, which is the bet slip. Do you want to get into it straight away? Yeah, go to the review. Yeah, cool. I will, definitely. Just uh, stall a little bit for me. There we go.
1: review. It's no
0: official review. I did think you were gonna be the one that was gonna be stalling this week because uh for the second week in a row second week in a row, just like uh Melbourne demons straight sets for you oh <laughs> straight, straight sets s-
1: what what do you mean zero and four zero and four yeah 0-4 oh, back-to-back weeks. Oh, yeah, big loss for me this week, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, still, that's a second donut uh, building a six-pack over there, are you? Yeah, well, uh, just, uh, I said about finals betting uh, at the start of it, and uh, I just oh. bet really with my heart last week and just tried to get uh, big odds, used, a, used three bonuses. So I only had one <laughs> unit staked out and ended up losing that unit. But the way I lost that unit as well, I'll get into that in that first game, that was, uh,
0: that was heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, I mean, talk us through. Just go straight into it because, I, I
1: mean, I'm all green over here and I'm going to be talking about oh, the win. So we'll let's just we'll get talk you to do it. Well, I had Brisbane plus 20 and a half, down by 28 points, not looking good. They ended up winning the game, so that was good. I also had them plus 56 and I had under 165.5. The game was so low scoring that I thought this had no chance of getting over. It ends up going over, like, there's five minutes to go. It's still 146. There needed to be four goals kicked in the last five minutes of footy. And there ended up being five goals kicked. So it was kind of like, well, everyone just shit the bed in the, <laughs> in the under here. I thought 165 was a great number. I'm sitting there in the third quarter was, going, was really high. if Brisbane can stay within 20, this, this is one, this is there. So it didn't happen. <laughs> I escaped with a bonus, but that was the weirdest uh, total bet. And anytime there's a total bet and you have a really great position, it can turn at any time. So what you do is you probably have to hedge. Like, Did I, hedge? no, I didn't. I was at the game, just enjoying it. Under 165, I reckon I could have got an over, over 130, over 132 at one stage. Yeah, and and hedge it and hit the middle would have been a massive opportunity. Uh, didn't do it. Didn't happen. Lost the unit. So what you're talking about there is jumping
0: on another agency um, because you don't want to be doing the hedging your bet on the the same betting agency, calling up a live bet, jumping on. And it's a good also way to sort of monitor how your your bet is going as well. You know, if you're looking early in the game and you're not sure, you don't want to do the old uh, subtraction from the total or the the old calculator out like we used to do. I used to do. (laughs) And uh, you can check that and monitor your bet as well as looking forward to see if, you know, there's a hedge opportunity. So a really, really good place and a good strategy as well. Yeah, if you've
1: got a 20-point spread or something that you can jump on and try and hit the middle... It means you win both bets and your profit even bigger and you minimize your risk because you lose very minimal uh, once you do that as well. So you've got to try and take advantage of that when you can. You can, Pez. And I took advantage of uh,
0: exactly what we spoke about at the way that uh, Brisbane was going to win. I sort of hedged myself a little bit. I had Lockie Neal to get uh, 25 disposals. Hugh McClugge to kick a goal out of the centre. He kicked one of those uh, 12 to, to help them get uh, back that lead. Uh, and Brisbane plus 40.5. Uh, had uh, two units on that one at 292. A nice little profit of 146 there.
1: Yeah, yeah beautiful. You're going to love that. Um, I had a, a bonus bet uh, Brisbane to lead every quarter, where which is paying seven bucks. I just wanted the higher odds. Should have put it on um, Brisbane 1-39, which you could get 540 at one stage, but n- wasn't to be. I'll take the cross for the bonus and uh, continue on. Speaking of a cross for the bonus, I got one in the next game. I had Fremantle plus 43.5,
0: which looked in, uh, in big trouble at one stage. Caleb Sarong with 25 disposers. He was amazing with 32. And Fremantle for the win, so they didn't show up as we spoke. Two units on that one. I did escape with a bonus bet. Yep,
1: bonus bet to use in prelim final weekend. Not too bad at all. Any other Brisbane bets for you? Yeah, I did have one. Sorry, the way you've done the, the bet slip
0: was a little bit odd because you had my um, Melbourne bet and then you had a Fremantle and Collingwood bet and then oh, you, you had my other two Melbourne ones. Per game, That's fine. Wow. Uh, so I had Brisbane uh, with my bonus bet plus 18.5. They got that, of course, with a win and McCluggage to get more disposals than Viney at two bucks and I had two units on that what one. What a game so, from McCluggage. So tick, McLuggage. tick, tick. And
1: what, what a call from you in the same game multi as well with the McCluggage anytime goal scorer. You would have thought when he kicked that huge goal to put them, I think, within a point or yeah, maybe even in it the it was league, right before that. He he kicked a massive goal running into the 50. Exactly what I said. Um, and then even w- yeah, Brisbane 40 plus, uh,
0: plus 40, it was no risk. I will admit when uh, Danaher went down, I thought, oh, I'm in a bit of trouble here because I think that they won't have that long bomb approach because they won't be so focused on it. But yeah, that's exactly
1: where they got their comeback and uh worked out for me. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I, I move on to my Fremantle... Bonus that I put on And I just put Fremantle to lead it Every quarter I think it was more Hopeful than anything As I spoke about last week Because uh, I just love Going for the Interstate clubs <laughs> Against Melbourne clubs in, uh, in the finals Any other
0: bets for, for that game Because uh, I've, just I've spoken multi. Through
1: all mine Just the multi <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I haven't spoken Through that one I meant
0: through the Actual no, individual that's games all, That's all for me well, for the for the multi, I had Brisbane and Fremantle. The uh, Pez hates uh, interstate clubs. Sorry, Pez hates uh, the home clubs and the, the PES betting special. The hatred multi of just Brisbane and Freo, as we spoke about. Brisbane got it. Fremantle did not. So a loss of point four units.
1: No, I had the same as well. And uh, here's another opportunity for the punters out there of where you can hedge source. If you've got a multi yeah. and there's You've got a two-leg multi, three-leg multi, four-leg multi, whatever it is. Say you've got a four-leg multi like we usually do in the season. Yep. Your first three legs win and your last leg is sitting there and you've got a hot favourite to win, like a $1.30, forty, whatever it might be. You look at what you've staked. You look at what you win. You can actually put an amount on the underdog to win. So no matter what the result is, you will profit either way. If you wanted to minimise your risk. If you want to go for it all, you go for it all and that's, that's why you punt. But here... We had two underdogs, two pretty big underdogs. Brisbane got the win on the Friday night. You, we could have jumped on the, the Collingwood, uh, was it $2 special at wherever it was, bet uh, last no, week? No, it was mint, uh, Mintbet. Mintbet. Jump on, put your 50 on at 2 bucks. try and double your money there, and then I would have been risking $50 and would have got 100 back instead of trying to go for Fremantle to try and get 199 back from risking a bonus. So I, d- I didn't do it, but that's just uh, for, for future listeners and future punters that's something you can start to think yeah. about
0: and it's something we probably don't do on the podcast because it's really hard in that real time to be continually hedging it could get a little bit confusing but it is a really good strategy if you're looking at making a bit of, bit of coin
1: out of this uh speaking of making a bit of coin talk us through how much coin you made this week yeah so i staked a uh, grand total of one unit which has to be the lowest staked total for the season for any of us uh returned zero units so i lost one unit for yeah. the week Yeah cool um, so, <laughs> so not, not great I Off my four bets Three of them being bonuses From the week before uh, So my year to date Staked 220.2 units Returned 296.16 So that would have been nice To go over to 300 But it didn't uh, Profit of loss of Plus 75.96 units For the season yeah, it could have been 297, mate. It's a little <laughs> yeah, bit disappointing. Yeah. Uh, for me, this
0: week, I staked 6.4 units, returned 11.84 Ooh, units. Oh, there we go. A profit loss of 5.44. And, uh, you know, as we've spoken about, it's been a really impressive year for us. Staked for the year for me, 201 uh, units, returned 242.59, a profit loss of 41.35. Total of, you know, what's that, is 100 and, what's that 106? 116. Yep. 116 units if you followed all of our bets, which, which is really remarkable.
1: Yeah, after two donut weeks from me, which is uh, um, unheard of. But uh, we'll, we'll continue to go and 116 profit for the year. If you're whatever uh, number better you are, you would have made a handy little profit.
0: You definitely would have. Speaking of profit, let's get into how you can make uh, some more profit if you follow sources bets and uh, not pezzers.
1: The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an
0: opportunity about 50 metres
1: out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he he said, "Um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on on Maxi. Do you want want some as well? And I said... Oh,
0: yes! 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 Yes, please. Yes, please. What you'd like some specials? <laughs> yeah. Takes a special and goes bang. That's an odd way to, to intro the segment. Just saying, yes, please. <laughs> oh well,
1: Heath Shaw sure there saying um, that he he just said, oh yes, with Bruce coming in at the end. It's uh, always always very very special. Uh, nothing much has changed this week. Uh, in terms of specials. So, Sports Bet, they've got the three plus leg same game multi. So, to Ladbroke's, where you can include $2 lines. There's $2 lines over at Ned's with the three plus leg same game multi as well. Same thing at Tab. We've got Bet365 with the normal footy multi bet offer, which you can't really do with, with the only the two games. where well, you can, but you only get 5% increase. And the 32 point up special. Uh, which Melbourne nearly would have got the 32 points up and lost, but it didn't happen. They're only 28. Blue bet have the 12 points up at half time, which is uh, really good. I assume points bet would still have that as well. So anyone that bet on Melbourne last week, um, they were up by 12 at half time and then Brisbane won. So points bet, blue bet, they would have had to pay out on both head-to-head uh, teams, which is good. We love it. We love to see when the bookies lose like that. So 12 plus points, multi-bonus and footy, Uh, bonus, I didn't see any other specials from Bluebet and I don't have anything from Moneyball Source. Yeah, I've got the Moneyball, uh, they're going with their head-to-heads, it is early in the
0: week it is Wednesday, so before the teams uh, have been released, so that's where all the other specials will come out. Uh, On the Friday night you've got Stuart versus Rich, Geelong versus uh, I was about to say Richmond then, Geelong versus That's a great uh, matchup. uh, 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 Brisbane, Stuart versus Rich, it's a really great matchup, head-to-head both of them average about 24 for the year, Rich having a massive game last week and the first week of finals Stuart actually kept quiet, so two dollars. Odds on either of those to outplay the other one and get more disposals. Max bit of $50 and one cent. It's kind of a toss of the coin.
1: Where's the ball going to spend more time? Are uh, Geelong going to play a slow brand of footy and go across half back? Stewart takes a lot of marks. You'd have to wait and see because Brisbane, all they wanted to do last week from the back line is get the ball in Richard's hand to use that booming left boot.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think that will be, um, you know. And we'll talk about this when we get into the game. Pez. Uh The other one is Warner versus Crisp uh, in the uh, Sydney versus Collingwood game. Warner um, having more disposals throughout the season. First week of finals only had seventeen. Crisp averaging about twenty four all the way through, and uh, a massive
1: first two weeks for Crisp in the, in the yeah, final series. had A couple of big games. He's uh, in the news a, news a bit, so I think he'd be a favourite. Uh, there Even though they're pa- both paying two bucks It's, it's t- even money So two dollars each way Yeah but a favor. just
0: wanted to explain The, like the way that works for you <laughs> Yeah, you can piss off. All right. Speaking of uh, pissing off, there, well, let's get straight into the action. There's two games, two massive games. Winners uh, go into a, a grand final, and losers go home. Uh, and there's no gallant losers in this because, it, right, as you said before, everything is on the line. There is no second chance. Brisbane taking on Geelong uh, at the MCG. This is going to be a huge game. Friday night clash. Dollar thirty favourites are the Cats, the uh, the, the smallest favourite of the, the weekend. Brisbane outsiders at three forty five the line is minus 21 and a half. the over under 158 and a half. as you said pez very small that one
1: yeah the day has finally come because uh i can finally go against geelong geelong have only played against collingwood in the in the final series and my hatred for collingwood outweighs my hatred for geelong so i was going heavily for geelong then but yeah interstate club victorian club get up the lions let's go one more Kick Geelong out. They've had a struggle with uh, prelims over the last 10 years under under Chris Scott's Source: They've, uh, they've lost a hell of a lot of finals uh, leading up, including a grand final in 2020. And they kind of just need to get over that hurdle with the list they've got. They're, they're set up perfectly for it uh, at the MCG against the Brisbane Lions in a, in a prelim. If last week you could have chosen who won, you'd probably choose the Brisbane Lions to play and Geelong get the opportunity. Do you think you guys have a... A good
0: shot to win it? I mean, it's ours to lose. There's a lot of pressure on Geelong here because obviously going straight, you know, finishing top of the ladder. Uh, they've won the last 14 uh, of the games of the AFL season. Uh, everything points to Geelong win, but as you said, not only have they not performed in the, the prelim, but they haven't performed after buyers You look at back at the last five or six years throughout buys, specifically finals, that week one by, they really struggle in that first quarter. Brisbane is one of those teams that take out uh, the game against Richmond, you don't want to give up an early lead because if they can get that momentum going, especially playing away, they can pile on quickly. I am more confident in Geelong than I was against Collingwood. Uh, sorry, Geelong, you know, beating Brisbane
1: then rather than the Collingwood game. But saying that depends which Geelong rocks up. Yeah, and um, is Chris Scott going to play Selwood and Dangerfield on the bench again? This is a massive game, a must-win game. Needs to do it. I think the thing that separates Geelong um, from Brisbane at the moment, even with Danaher coming back into the side is Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron. And Jeremy Cameron more so, who's able to get up the ground. He is an amazing shot for goal. And uh, I think set-shot goal-kicking will come into play. The likes of Stengel, Gary Rowan, Tom Hawkins, can you kick him from the boundary? You've got Jeremy Cameron there. And then up the other end, because that's been a, a hindrance for Brisbane for a while. You've got Joe Danaher, who you know likes to take set-shots from a long way out. Eric Hipwood, who's been better in the last few weeks. Uh, Lincoln McCarthy, Charlie Cameron... These set-shot goal-kicking, Cam Rainer, who missed another another simple one last week from about 15 out, is, it, it's just the pressure's going to be there. There's going to be, what, 70,000, 75,000 there at least, and they just have to go through their motion, try and kick the goal like it's, like it's not a final, but the pressure's there, and who is going to kick straight up?
0: Yeah, who's going to kick straighter? Who's going to get more opportunities as well? Because it, it, the way that you beat Geelong is by controlling the football. It is running them and beating them off a turnover. Not used to losing Geelong this year. No, but that is the it is the way to beat them. When teams run against them, you've seen against Collingwood when they run and they they really put that defense to work in terms of not allowing them to set up their structure. You give yourself a great opportunity. So that running gun game and a little bit how they beat Melbourne with the long um, the long kick. They're going to have to adjust again, Brisbane. Which which you know, playing back to back weeks. You know their their bodies are. Two really, really tough high-intensity games. It's going to be uh, really tough for them to play a different brand of football again. And I guess that's the that's the luxury of finishing top in terms of Geelong. They can just go about their business. Brisbane, three weeks in a row, they've had to adjust depending on the opponent, and it's worked. So the belief will be there. They've got nothing to lose. Uh, I mean, they're one of the, the best attacking teams in the league. They can they can hurt you from many different ways. But they are coming up against the number one ranked defense. So it'll be a very interesting game. And I, I think it'll be a lot closer
1: than the bookies have it. Yeah, well, in the middle of the ground is going to be a big battle. uh, In the ruck, especially. like Darcy Fort had a a massive game last week, but he's probably maybe going to get dropped. And Oscar McInerney comes back in. And Joe Danaher comes back in. And Fullerton goes out as well. So we'll have to wait and see on, on the selection because Darcy Fort, he kind of deserves to keep his spot, but you can only play 22 players. So you go from there. Lockie Neal's shown some heart this final series. Zorko's played really well. Jared Berry last week played the best half of football I've ever seen from an AFL player. And watching it live and then coming home and watching the replay, you can actually appreciate what he was able to do for that club. Winning the ball in the middle, keeping Oliver to, to low disposals, getting Oliver a little bit fired up, a little bit angry, and you know getting suspended for a week as well, which he has got off and gets to come in this week. But do you think they play Barry in the middle, Right from the start with his performance in the second half last week.
0: I mean, what made him effective last week? He was sort of borderline tagging a little bit, wasn't he? Sort of putting himself around the football there, that hard sort of, you know, not not tagging, but he was just going, following every round and beating his opponent. I mean, Geelong don't have that person, but his success in the midfield the last two weeks, you, you sort of have to put him in there. I think, um, you know, you, you get the inclusion of uh, the big O in that ruck, so that you know you're going to get first opportunity at the ball if you have the numbers around it. And I think I think it's it's prevalent for them to sort of control that middle, and we saw last week when. They control the middle
1: against Melbourne they're off to the races and I think that's what they have to do yeah those in tight handballs Geelong's gonna have to bring the pressure and you know Geelong's got a strong defence they're strong all over the ground but this is what we get to we get to the final four teams and we've usually got the four strongest teams left and we've got two really strong teams battling out the MCG Uh, I'm gonna bet with my Heart again, again. So you yeah, expect another uh, donut? Are we? <laughs> uh, we'll go a three-leg same game multi with Ned's because they offer the two-dollar lines. So, I've gone Brisbane plus fifty-eight and a half is the alternate handicap, and I've also put the two-dollar line in there plus twenty-two and a half, hoping they can at least keep it close or have a shot to win it. And I've gone the alternate over points of one hundred and thirty-eight point five. Those three together get me two dollars seventy-six as a price boost. Put uh, the two units on there, and we'll see what comes back from that yeah best of luck for that one but
0: Pez, I really hope it doesn't <laughs> win I've gone uh, a three leg same game multi I'm, I'm over the cats I think they've been the best team in the year I think they're set up to to win this everyone's I think, shocked I, I think for the for the, for the first time in a long time though you look at this Geelong side and it's hard to find some some flaws you know they were tested week one from a team that most people probably didn't think they would test them so that, I think that they come out a little bit more prepared they come out uh, wary of their opposition but I think the bigger bodies of Geelong and you know the more uh, rested bodies really uh, you know, go in the favour of Geelong and hopefully they can set up for another grand final appearance I've gone with uh, three league same game multi as I said Geelong head to head Geelong pick your own line plus 12 and a half there so just a little bit of insurance because if they do lose it will be close uh, and I've gone Isaac Smith any time goalscorer uh, for the years averaged 2.3 shots per game uh, kicked one in the first final and has finals experience and seems to handle the pressure a lot better than most Geelong uh, players so expect him to To have a nice little long bomb From a nice little long bomb There's an option Even
1: even gave Geelong a nice uh, win
0: When he had a chance to Yeah yeah. Isaac Isaac Smith uh, Isaac Isaac Smith That's the only That's the only time that uh, We you know With the Geelong defence again So a key to winning I've gone uh, uh, one unit on that At $2.62 So that's my bet in that game
1: Uh, There you go I've actually um, Got another bet in that game But not, Not because I wanted to I actually wanted to put a Same game multi on Across both games by the time I, I put it in I put my, I split my bonus in two you know, On Neds it, it didn't quite work out So I've got a five leg Same game multi here Cheeky there it's, we go. it's pretty cheeky We've got um, Lincoln McCarthy Anytime goal scorer Had a, a little bit of a Down week last week Against his old side too Charlie Cameron to kick Two plus goals Because if they do that Brisbane that Lions have a better, better, chance, have better of chance Of winning chance win. So I'll put Brisbane to win And Daniel Rich to get 20 plus If he doesn't get 20 plus barring injury, they don't have a shot at winning either because he really drives their run forward from defence. And I've gone over the 158.5 on offer to be a little bit higher scoring than uh, previous weeks. Paying 17.35, I'll put half half a unit bonus on that because I've had to split it split, yeah. with the other game. So, so why do you put 12.50 on it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, I've gone...
0: <laughs> I like your confidence. I do like the over in that game, though. I do like the over in this. I think the, I think it's quite low um, for both teams being quite um, free. If we expect a free-flowing game of football and it's goal for goal, well, it'll be an absolute shootout. It'll be over. And I also think if Geelong get a hold of Brisbane, we know that prelim finals generally they pile it on when that when it's that moment of loss and, uh, you know... When the other team gives when, when the other team gives up, so I like that one there. I've gone something um, in this game, sort of, Pez, but it's not in this game exactly. I've gone, um, just because I, I want to explain the thinking of it, um, I've gone with Geelong to win the premiership because at the moment they're sitting 2 bucks, Sydney's sitting 3 bucks, and then the other outsiders are sitting, I think it's $3.50 and uh, $6 for, for Brisbane. Um, and I think it's really good odds because I think Geelong... Win this game, and they at least have a fifty-fifty shot next week. Next week, you're not getting Geelong at two-dollar odds to beat whoever they play, whether it be Sydney or well, Collingwood. Tradition would say if it's against Sydney, it'll probably be a dollar ninety, a dollar eighty. They may be even a little bit lower, maybe a dollar sixty. You Sydney might, coming outside,
1: two you might not get Geelong at all next week. No, you might not.
0: But uh, I do believe that they win this week. I've put my money where that is. So if I trust in my strategy and I trust in what I what I'm what I'm uh, punting for, and I believe they're going to win, I'm giving myself a free hit next week at two bucks uh, and you're not going to get that next week
1: so you're kind of multiing whatever odds they're paying this week into a grand final win which is two games they've got to win two uh, for you to win so you go from there paying two bucks we'll we'll whack that into the bet slip at behind the bound on Twitter uh, to see everything there we're ready to move on to the next game we are ready to move on to the
0: next game Pairs. the next one is Sydney taking on Collingwood Surprising, this one. A lot of Geelong fans upset at the SCG. Oh, no, I'm, just I'm glad. No, <laughs> I'm glad you brought it up because I did want to mention it. It's pretty ridiculous that they've got a stadium next door that is fully built for a start, and they're going to be playing a game at a, a stadium that can only hold forty
1: six thousand. Yeah, so forty six thousand. A lot of the Geelong supporters very, very unhappy on very Twitter unhappy. because they want to play at Cadinia Park. They do want to play at Alphabet Stadium. How many can?
0: Oh, I think the with the moment. construction at the moment, it's 35 or something like at that. that but 5, after
1: construction, it'll probably be close to the 50. Because they want it to be fair. But what they don't realise is the AFL have a contractual agreement with the MCG. Yeah. And it hasn't happened often. But no. the Brisbane Lions in the early 2000s, I think it was 2004 yes. or something, played a home prelim against another interstate club. Yeah. But they had to come down to the MCG because they must have a game in prelim final weekend. At the MCG. And they were lucky
0: in that regard because they could say that Fitzroy and Brisbane, mm. they actually do have, not home games, but Fitzroy, that could be their home game. There would have been a bit of strife if it was a West Coast Fremantle game and they had to play it at the MCG, Ooh, for example. Or WA fans. Or you have a. an Adelaide-Adelaide yeah. Adelaide game. Imagine that, taking that away. That's the prelim and they're going down the MCG. But I was only it was only a throwaway comment. I, I totally love what Sydney have done with this one and tried to, you know, maximise the amount of Sydney people there. They'll get a free range at it. But as you said, there, there'll be a lot of Collingwood supporters get up there, though... The crowd last week was electric for the, the Sydney
1: game. Yeah, but oh, that it was, but 90000 at Collingwood Fremantle. And there's a bus source. If you want to go up there, did you see the bus? Yeah. 200 bucks for a ticket. You get on the bus, 1 a.m. Southern Cross Station. You drive up, go to Sydney. They'll drop you off at the game. Leave at 11 p.m. that night on the, on the way back. Yeah. That is a party bus if Collingwood win. Or that is a... Eight hours of silence on the way home if they lose. So it's uh, I'm, I'm not going to go into the stats, but I, I can guarantee you know what
0: what are, what are the odds for the crown uh, the crime rate to be down that night for for the last it'll be down years? in it'll be down
1: in Victoria, but up in Sydney. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll be on the bus, travel. Up <laughs> in <laughs> Sydney, it's going to rise a bit uh, at the surface. All oh, right.
0: Speaking way. of rise, let's talk about Collingwood and Sydney. Collingwood definitely have risen from uh from the grave last year, finishing 17th. McR- Craig McRae's done a fantastic job at getting them to a prelim final, one of the highest uh, finishing. Uh, Appearances and you know um, succession rates from a team that finished in the bottom four ever. Sydney taking on Collingwood, 138 favourites are the Swans, 305 outsiders are the Magpies. Minus 17 and a half is the line over under 164 and a half pairs, which I think the bookies have right. They have that one right, I think.
1: You, you like the line? I do
0: like the line, bang on 164. I couldn't find either way to where that goes. Because I think this game is completely. Um, it, it's a bit of a coin flop what's going to happen. Because Sydney could come out and absolutely dominate like they did earlier in
1: round 22. A coin flop, is it yeah. going to land on its side or something? Yes,
0: yeah, because a flop. Because if it, the other side ha- happens and <laughs> yeah. Collingwood win, it'll definitely be a flop for everyone because it'll be a very, oh, very, a very
1: disgruntled Victoria. So that, that's what I meant with that one. So no, thanks th- for setting me I, up there. When the Collingwood <laughs> bus gets back on Saturday night, if they win, can I jump back on the bus? and head to Sydney for a week just to assist, so I don't have to listen to it. Um, all right. I made the mistake in week one of the finals and I like the Geelong line and it was about 16 and a half. So very similar to the Sydney Collingwood and the right bet there in hindsight was Geelong one to 39. Yeah. So this week I've just gone, don't love, love it always, but tight final SCG. You'd think it's going to be lower scoring than it usually would be. I've got Sydney Swans to win one to 39. Over 134 And then Sydney Just to win As the third throwaway leg Ooh, I like that. As a bit of insurance 251 well, That's great odds With the price boost I put the two units on it And I just plead To the Sydney Swans To please win This preliminary final Yeah um, It's
0: Yeah I mean it's going to be great It's going to be great uh, It's <laughs> Everyone in Victoria who's not a Collingwood supporter is hoping that Sydney can do justice to the rest of the AFL. Uh, I haven't put a bet on the actual result. I've just gone with Moneyball. Chad Warner to get more disposals than Jack Crisp. I think Sydney controlled this game. Uh, Chad Warner has been... Uh, he was a little bit quiet in that first week, only having 17 touches. But if you look at his form for the rest of the year and compare the pair, well, um, Chad Warner wins you know, 90% of the time. He had a bad week. He'll have the week to respond. I like him at two bucks at Moneyball, two units to for him to get more disposals than Jack Jack Crisp.
1: There we go. There I could there we go. maybe jump in the other way. We'll see, see what happens, see how we go.
0: Is yeah. that all you got for that game? No, okay. it isn't. I've got something uh, cheeky before you jump in there and have another cheeky. I could see you reaching for that button. Uh, I've gone a three-leg same game multi just to to be a little bit cheeky, and hopefully by then I've had a car. You know, I'm just looking to see who Geelong's going to be playing, so I can just enjoy. And if this gets up, well then Sydney definitely are going to get up, so I'm going to be a happy chappy there. I've gone Chad Warner anytime goal scorer. Guy averages All two point six shots per game through the year, which is which is incredible. A little bit inaccurate, so that's a bit tough. Logan McDonald, any time goal Oof. scorer. He is two point six shots per game. And then Will Haywood to score two or more goals. I love that. That gives me a great odds of five dollars fifty, and I've whacked one unit
1: on that. 550. A little bit cheeky, not as cheeky as this. Cheeky! I've got the other half of my bonus bet uh, here split because I did want to join this with my original $17 odds for <laughs> Brisbane. So I've just put Sydney 1 to 39, Jake Lloyd 20 plus disposals. Over 134.5 in the alternate, but under the total points of 163.5. So it gives me a little bit of leeway, 27.29 point, uh, point, little leeway Buffer, there. Yeah. i usually give myself at least five goals so i've gone a little bit less uh and that gives me seven dollars and two cents with the other half of my bonus so i would have liked to join it all together and have about, to about 20, 28 yep. uh, dollars or so but not to be but if both of them can get up that'd be amazing if only one of them can that'd be amazing as well because they're they're little uh very cheeky there so uh, we will see how we go i mean i i mean i mean at the end of next week,
0: you'll at least have half a six pack of uh, donuts because there's no chance any of those bets are getting up.
1: Yep, uh, I can try and sell them to Seven Eleven and see see how we go. With the <laughs> a great games. way to launch Donut Bet for next year. Oh, beautiful! That's what I'm trying to do in these final series. Uh, so hopefully we lose more.
0: Yeah, another way to to launch our uh, Donut Bet, um, you know, ploy and company and success is to follow my multi. I've got my Ned's multi, multi from last week, two units. Uh, I've just gone the two lines minus twenty five, minus uh, minus twenty two and a half, and the Swans minus seventeen and a half. So both the the favourites, both to do the job pretty easy. Uh, that gives me odds of four bucks and I've chucked my uh, bonus bet from Ned's from last week on that one.
1: Yep. Yeah, you, you know, enjoy that if you, <laughs> if you if you want to do that. I don't want Geelong to win. So yeah, I gotta, know you uh, don't. Gotta go to the Lions. Let's see if we can do it. Um, I've got a mixed multi here. So two legs. I didn't want to put the result in the first one because I'm not confident that the Lions win. Because I, I would tip Geelong if I was in like a tipping competition, but I'm just hoping. So I've gone the overs because I did like the overs, 158.5. Uh, that's $1.88 there at Ned's. And I've gone two legs in the Sydney game. I've gone under 194.5 as an alternate, and the Sydney Swans to win. All up together, that's 3 dollars six. So that's actually a very realistic uh, bet to get up. I'll put two units on it, um, paying over three bucks. I'm, I'm hoping to win that, and not in the preliminary final weekend with the third donut.
0: Yeah, well, I hope you get the donuts, and uh, we, we talk next week about Geelong beating Sydney. Well, Geelong can beat Sydney, and I can. Be it'll out, just make for good entertaining, entertaining radio for us to be head to head.
1: Look, uh, we're either going to have pumped-up sauce, a little bit nervous sauce about heading into a grand final with Geelong, or we're going to have a somber sauce about, you know, a big loss. Yeah, are going to have some hot sauce because if we give up this, and are you coming next week to record the pod if you lose?
0: Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, do it every week. I mean, I'll just, just like you, I back up even if we have a bad performance. That's it. Accountable.
1: I, I do like it. Very accountable. Most accountable over on Twitter, I reckon.
0: <laughs> the only person that's accountable. I mean, we could just say that we're going to be bet big, and then when we lose, just uh,
1: chuck up some other bet randomly. Oh, and just we could just bet everything, and then just post the ones after the game, and be like, oh, this is this is what I was on. I forgot to post it. No, we're not about
0: that. So if you don't, if you like uh, the honest way of tweeting, where can our fans find us?
1: Oh twitter at behind the like it's, <laughs> it's, it's always there definitely uh, we're on
0: spotify and itunes also yeah make sure you jump on there leave us a five star review leave a comment that helps us get to the top of the uh, the rankings still top hundred and if you search AFL betting sitting number two at the moment if you go two? if you go specifically AFL betting number two uh,
1: what's number one or oh, we don't want to promote them no nah, that's nah, great all up. right you tell me after the show <laughs> <laughs> come on the interstate clubs Brisbane and Sydney this week get up and about on Pez peace out we're a little bit, a little bit struggling there. Actually, yeah, they're trying to piece out. Um, I think I'm losing my voice. <laughs> you are least. a little bit.
0: All right, uh, I'm all over the cats. Uh, best of luck to all your punting for the weekend. I'm still source. We'll catch up it's next time I've done it as well. I'm already a bit nervous. Uh, and as always, if you're having a punt, make sure you bet responsibly.